Welcome to Baba Education Institute. My name is Reverend Henry Kelly. Today, we will be continuing in the book of Romans. And we will be in Romans chapter 3. And that is verses 1 through 31. And the first section, which is verses 1 through 8, is called God's Faithfulness. And before we get started, um, I'd like to read you what the Bible is, because we can trust what the Bible is. And I uh, obtained this from uh, Dr. Vodi Bakum, which you can find on YouTube. Great minister, teacher, and uh, you learn a lot from him. And uh, so I uh, watched one of his uh, teaching segments, and I was able to obtain this. I thought it was fantastic. Why we can trust the Bible. Let me read this. The Bible, a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses, 40 authors, 66 volunteer books, span of 1,500 years in three continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe, written in three languages, mainly Hebrew and Greek, a little in Aramaic, hundreds of subjects and topics. And that's why we can trust the Bible, plus there's witnesses. And there's documented proof of everything. Okay, let me give you some uh, resources before we get started. Uh, this really help you. I would always suggest that you not only get an NIV Bible to start with and start in the, in the book of John and then read the whole New Testament before you start the Old Testament, but also get, get a, Matthew's Henry, a Matthew Henry's concise commentary, commentary on the whole Bible. It's very, very good. And you can you can also uh, find it online, and I'll give you that. It's called um, www.biblestudytools.com. You can put that in the search engine of Google, whatever that you have there. And then once you get to biblestudytools.com, go to menu, go to study tools, go to commentaries, down to Matthew Henry commentary on the Bible complete, and it should be, and it's in the modern language, so it's easy to understand. Some other books that will help and learning, especially in the New Testament, you can get uh, the book of uh, Flavius Josephus, who's a military and Jewish histori histori um, historian during the time of the early church. And that should suffice for now. Okay, dope. Okay, so let's get started. I'll be reading out of the NIV, the New International Version, just to make the Bible simple to understand. Um, I prefer King James, the New King James, but NIV is very good. Uh, the New Living Translation is very good. The ESV is very good. The e English Standard Version, there were, uh, uh, these versions that I have read you is uh, I was translated directly uh, from the original uh, Hebrew and uh, uh, the original Hebrew is what's, uh, what the Old Testament was wrote in originally, and then the New Testament was written in Hebrew and uh, a little in Aramaic. So it was directly translated by a group of uh, biblical scholars who knew uh, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic, so therefore you know they could accurately uh, write it down. And also they were in a committee, so therefore... If there was any questions, they could uh, they could talk it out, 
and just make sure that everything was accurate so they did a really good job. So God has provided us with everything we need these days before uh, before they actually had the Bible in print. Everything was handwritten, and so they had scrolls, and they would have to copy these scrolls. It was very hard to get and very expensive, so therefore, like, you might have a, 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 an Old Testament book of this or that or whatever, and New Testament, that was written like that, so... So you only had like certain scrolls, you know, everybody didn't have the whole thing at one time like we do now. We're very blessed. And you can and uh and all that came about uh, through the Great Reformation with uh Martin Luther, who was uh he was a Catholic priest until he by reading the Bible and studying, he realized that some of the things they were teaching were wrong. And so so then he also uh, uh, we had the printing press back then, so then he started to print the whole Bible in uh, together, which really helped a lot. And uh, so thanks to Martin Luther, we broke out and, and uh, he left that and he became uh, what is known today as Protestant, which means, you know, a non-Catholic or they got away from the complete Catholic teachings that they would teach back then because they were corrupt back then. But as uh, time goes by, you know, when... Um, when things become successful, Satan always gets involved, and uh, uh, because men's hearts are evil, they uh, they become corrupt. So that's why we have to constantly challenge everything from the Word of God and make sure that we're doing the Word of God. Okay, let's begin reading. And, uh, and again, it's Romans chapter three. God's faithfulness. What advantage then is there in being a Jew, or what values their circumcision? Uh, verse 2, much in every way, first of all, the Jews have been entrusted with the very words of God. Verse 3, what if some were unfaithful? Would their unfaithfulness nullify God's faithfulness? Verse 4, not at all. Let God be true, and every human being a liar, as it is written, so that you may be proved right when you speak and prevail when you judge. Verse 5, but if our righteousness brings our out God's righteousness more clearly, what shall we say? That God is unjust in bringing his wrath on us? I am using a human argument. Verse 6, certainly not. If that were so, how could God judge the world? Someone might argue if my falsehood enhances God's faithfulness uh, or truthfulness and so increases his glory, why am I still condemned as a sinner? Verse 8, why not say, as some slanderously claim that we say, let us do evil that good may result. Their condemnation is just. Okay. The next section starting at verse 9. And the title for this section is, No One is Righteous. What shall we conclude then? Do we have any advantage? Not at all. For we... For we have already made the ch charge that Jews, will, uh, Jews and Gentiles alike are all under the power of sin. Verse 10. As it is written, there is no one righteous, no, not one. Verse 11, there is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. Verse 12, all have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Verse 13, 
Their throats are open graves, their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips, verse 14. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness, verse 15. Their feet are swift to shed blood, 16. Ruin and misery mark their ways, verse 17. And the way of peace they do not know, verse 18. There is no fear of God before their eyes, verse 19. Now, we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Verse 20. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. Okay, the next section, it, and the title is Righteousness Through Faith. Verse 20, 21, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. Verse 22, these righteousness is, this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. Verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Verse 24, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Verse 25, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement though oh, through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished, verse 26. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus, verse 27. Where then is boasting? It is excluded because of what law? The law that requires works. No, because of the law that requires faith. Verse 28, For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Verse 29, Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles too? Yes, of Gentiles too. Verse 30, Since there is only one God, who will justify the, the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through that same faith. Verse 31, do we then nullify the law by this faith? Not at all. Rather, we uphold the law. And that concludes this section of um, chap chapter 3. Next time we'll be on chapter 4. Now let me switch over to Matthew Henry's Concise Commentary on the Whole Bible. And I'm doing this because it breaks down everything. Like I started it in doing the study of Revelation. Uh -oh, uh, preaching, teaching, study, Revelation. And I have found that it really helps in breaking down. And, and we're here to... To give you the word of God, teach it, preach it, however you want to look at it, and to help you to understand it. Okay, so I'm so I'm in chapter three of Matthew Henry's concise commentary on the whole Bible. Okay, let's break this down. Number one, Paul answers objections against 
what he had said about the Jews, verses 1 through 8. Number two, he asserts the guilt of both Jews and Gentiles, verses 9 through 18. Now, the, now the Gentile means everyone who's not Jewish, and also a Gentile is one who, um, in modern terms, a Gentile is also those who don't believe in the God of the Jews. But we, we as Gentiles, can't believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who the Jews rejected. Number three, justification by faith and not by law. So remember, the Ten Commandments are God's moral laws. Verses 19-31. Objections answered 1-8. through eight. All mankind are sinners, 9 through 18. Both Jews and Gentiles cannot be justified by their own deeds, verses 19 through 20. It is owing to the free grace of God through faith in the righteousness of Christ, yet the law is not done away, verse 21 to 31. Okay, let's begin in um, Romans chapter 3, and this will be 1 through 8 in the commentary. The law could not say, save in or from sins, yet it gave the Jews advantages for obtaining salvation. Their stated ordinances, education in the knowledge of the true God and his service, and many favors shown to the children of Abraham, all were means of grace, and doubtless were made useful to the conversion of many, but especially the scriptures were committed to them. Enjoyment of God's word and ordinances is the chief happiness of a people, but God's promises are made only to believers. Therefore, the unbelief of some or of many prof professors cannot cannot say this faithful to effect. That means those who are professing it or who stating it uh, cannot make this faithfulness of no effect. He will fulfill his promises to his people and bring his threatened vengeance upon unbelievers. God's judging the world should be uh, should be forever silenced, all doubting and reflections upon his justice. The wickedness and obstinate unbelief of the Jews prove man's need of the righteousness of God by faith. And I'm still still reading in Matthew Henry's concise commentary on the whole Bible. He will fulfill his promises to his people and bring his threatened vengeance upon unbelievers. God's judging the world should forever silence all doubtings and reflections upon his justice. The wickedness and obstinate unbelief of the Jews prove man's need of righteousness of God by faith and also his justice in punishing for sin. Let us do evil that good may come is oftener in the heart than in the mouth of sinners, for few thus justify themselves in their wicked ways. The believer knows, uh, that means a born-again Christian, a uh, true believer, knows that duty belongs to him and events to God, that, and that he must not commit any sin or speak one falsehood upon the hope or even assurance that God may thereby glorify himself. If any speak and act thus, their condemnation is just. Okay, we're going down to chapter 3, verse 9 through 18. Here again is shown that all mankind are under the guilt of sin as burden and under the government and dominion of sin as enslaved to it to work wickedness. This is made plain by several passages of Scripture from the Old Testament which describe the corrupt and depraved state of all men. 
till grace restrain or change them. Great as our advantages are, these texts describe multiple, or excuse me, multitudes who call themselves Christians. Their principles and conduct prove that there is no fear of God before their eyes, and where no fear of God is, no good is to be looked for. Remember, this is Matthew Henry's concise commentary on the whole Bible. So, so what we just read in Romans chapter 3, he's breaking it down and he's telling me what, he, uh, um, what these sections were meaning and saying, which you pretty much can guess, but it just makes it a little bit more cleaner, clear because remember, Bible Education Institute is here to help you to understand the Bible and what you're reading. And so that's why I want to go through the commentary because it's very important. Okay, I'm going down to chapter 3, verses 19 through 20. It is in vain to seek for justification by the works of the law. All must plead guilty. Guilty before God is, is a dreadful word, but no man can be justified by a law which condemns him for breaking it. The corruption in our nature will forever stop at any justification by our own works. Okay, going down to chapter 3, verse 21 to 26. Must guilty men remain under wrath is the wo the wound forever incurable. No, blessed be God. There is another way laid upon for us. This is the righteousness of God, righteousness of his ordain ordaining and providing and accepting. It is by the faith which has Jesus Christ for its object and anointed Savior, as is the meaning of the name Jesus Christ, justifying faith, respects Christ as a Savior in all his three anointed offices as prophet, priest, and king, trusting in him, accepting him, and cleaving to him in all these. Jews and Gentiles are alike, welcome to God through Christ. There is no difference. His righteousness is upon all that believe, not only offered to them, but put upon them as a crown, as a robe. It is free grace. Mere mercy, there is nothing in us to deserve such favors. It it comes freely unto us, but Christ brought it and paid the price, and faith has special regard to the blood of Christ as that which made the atonement. God in all this declares his righteousness. It is another plain, excuse me, it is plain that he hates sin when nothing less than the blood of Christ would satisfy for it. And it would not agree with his justice to demand the debt when the surety has paid it and he has accepted that payment in full satisfaction. Okay, here's the last part. Chapter 3, um, here's the last uh, part of the commentary. Matthew Henry's concise commentary in the whole Bible on Romans chapter 3. So this is Romans chapter 3, verse 27 to 31 is the last part. God will have the great work of the justification and salvation of sinners carried on from first to last so as to shut our boasting. Now, if we were saved by our own works, boasting would not be excluded. But the way of justification by faith forever shuts out boasting, yet believers are not left to be lawless. Faith is a law. It is a working grace wherever it is in truth, by faith, not in this matter, an act of obedience or a good work, but by faith forming the relation 
between Christ and the sinner. This relation renders it proper that the believer should be pardoned and justified for the sake of the Savior and that the unbeliever who is not thus united or related to him should remain under condemnation. The law is still of use to convince us of what it of what is past and to direct us for the future though we cannot be saved by it as a covenant yet we own and submit to it as a rule in the hand of the mediator and that concludes the commentary part which is um, just breaking down what we just read okay let me give some script scripture verses uh, John chapter 6, verse 44 and 65, NIV. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day, verse 65. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. Romans chapter 5, verse 10, the NIV, New International Version. For if... While we were God's enemies, we were recounseled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been recounseled, that we be saved through his life. Okay, let me find some more. Here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. The ESV English Standard Version. Or, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor, idolater, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor, nor men who practice homosexuality. Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, ESV. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexual and moral sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. That's why we need Christ. Let me give some salvation scriptures. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10, the King James Version, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God has raised thee from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto the righteousness, and with the mouth confesseth and made salvation. Romans chapter 10, verse 13, King James Version, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, the King James Version. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Okay, so... Why do we need Christ? Because we, we all have broken God's moral law, the Ten Commandments. It, it doesn't matter where you uh, that when we first started um, uh, uh, doing bad things when we were a child, it, it doesn't matter. Like if we stole, if we lied or whatever, we all have, we all have broken God's commands. We've all lied. And you don't have to break one of the Ten Commandments to be guilty. So we're all guilty. But let me give you a few more. Have you ever lied? What do you call someone that lies? You call them a liar. Um, and it doesn't matter, like, what you lied about. Have you ever stolen anything? What do you call someone that steals? A thief. That is, have you ever borrowed a pen and didn't bring it back? Borrowed a paper clip or took a paper clip or whatever? It doesn't matter about how much it is. Is the intent that we did it anyways and like we're so casual with sin we don't even think about it 
But God's standards are so very high and ours are so very low. Um, have you ever looked at another person with lust? According to Jesus, you committed adultery in your heart. And that means sexual sins. This means in sex without being married or uh, uh, cheating on your spouse, whatever. You know, or just looking at someone and, like, in your mind, you pretend to have sex with them and all that kind of stuff, you know, in your mind, or you kind of go through all that. That's that, That's why it's adultery. But we all, and that's only what three we've looked at. So we're all guilty, and that's why we need a Savior. So if God was to judge you by the commandments that we've broken, we'd be of guilty or innocent. We'd be guilty. Heaven or hell, it would be hell. That's why. Jesus Christ came to be the one-time sacrifice because he was perfect. He walked three and a half years telling the gospel. That means how to get saved. He said, if you come to him and give your life and ask Jesus to forgive you and give your life to Jesus, then you can be saved and go to heaven through him. That's the gospel, the good news. So it's, it's made simple now because nobody can get there on their own because we're all sinful. As soon as, you're, soon as you're born, we're born into a sin, sinful world, a fallen world. Um, so therefore so Jesus came so now if we become the sorrowful contrite heart so sorrowful heart realizing we're, we've broken God's moral law therefore we're guilty that's the Ten Commandments we've all broken them so we're all guilty and understanding that that we humble ourselves as a child we ask Christ we ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins called repentance then take the trust from yourself and putting in Christ alone. It's kind of like if you're in a if you're in a plane about to crash and someone gives you a parachute, you go to hold on that parachute for dear life because it's going to save you from the jump to come. Jesus saves you from the judgment to come. Therefore, that's what we need. So I would I would advise you to to ask Christ to forgive you if if you don't if you haven't done that if you don't know if you're new to the to searching for God. Or realizing or whatever. And if you search for God, it means God's been drawing you. Because you can't get to Because nobody's really looking for God unless he draws us. So I would suggest that you repent of your sins and put your trust in Christ right away. And then from then, start reading. Get a, get a good Bible, something easy to read. I would suggest the NIV or the English Standard Version or the New, Trans, uh, New Living Translation or even the New King James Version. It's fairly easy. But um, so that, and start reading the Bible daily, and I would suggest you read the New Testament. Start with the Book of John. When you finish that, then read the rest of. To start back at Matthew, go all the way down to Revelation. Um, and Revelation is you have to know how to break that down. So if nothing else, read from there to Jude. But it's good to read Revelations. But I would suggest you listen to uh, my uh, um, my sermons, uh, teaching on. Revelations and this broke down too, so you can understand it because it, it, uh, 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 Revelations is a allegory, which means a meaning in the story and its symbolism and other things. So, so that's what I would suggest. Then find a good Bible believing teaching church to start learning and growing, which I know can be a, a hard these days, but they're out there. I want to give some resources to help you to learn. You can all this you can watch on YouTube, um, and this is Dr. Vodi Bakum. You can watch him on YouTube. 
just put his name in there in the search. If you want to follow his ministry, put it on the search engine uh, to Google search or whatever. Um, put in Dr. Vodibaka uh, Ministries and it'll pull it up. I mean, click on it. Uh, Living Waters with Great Comfort, livingwaters.com. R.C. RC Sproul, Legator Ministries. Answers in Genesis with Ken Ham, AnswersGenesis.org. Remember, it's all on YouTube also. Wobbles with David Barton, Wobblers.com. He also has a ready show you can find online. And he has like stations and stuff, but I just, you can just list them online. Uh, and he also teaches about American history. It's like the godly American history, of course, the biblical American history, or that's that's the, the Christian virtues that of our founding fathers and all the the great people that's come before us. Doctor Walton Martin, waltonmartin.org, great teacher. If you would like to correspond with me, just go to uh, Baba. It's all lowercase. Baba Education Institute at gmail.com. And we have a new website. It's, uh, uh, it's pretty basic, you know. So, and I didn't get a, a, a like a nice uh, 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 link or anything. It's just, just a simple one. But it works. So, it's five, lowercase d, lowercase b, lowercase e, 1182, lowercase e, 5831.site. And that's all lowercase s i t e one two three dot and me. So that's uh, there should be a link below in the description of the of the podcast and the YouTube and Rumble and all. And hopefully you just slick or copy and paste and just do that. Uh, and also there's a uh, PayPal link or you can copy and paste it and put it in your search engine if you would like to support our ministry of continuing to teach people and. Instruct people. Okay, and you can find us on all, all, in all these platforms. Um, be YouTube, Rumble, Telegram, Getter, Twitter, Facebook, Gab, and also uh, for the audio podcast, you can find us also on Listen Notes, Luminary Podcast Player FM, HeliumRadio.com, Helium Radio Network, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Amazon Music, Overcast, Chrome, G Potter, Firefox, Safari, iTunes, Audible, Alexa, Google, Podbean, Internet Explorer, Podcast Addict, and others. And here is some more. And if you would like to get books, I like to buy a lot of used books to save money, and they're, all, they're usually in pretty good condition, or you can buy new, whatever. Um, Abe Books. A-B-E-B-O-O-K-S. You can find it online. All this is online. Thrift Books. Uh, Amazon and Alibris. That's A-L-I-B-R-I-S. And also you can just put in what you're looking for in the Google search or whatever search engine you got. And it'll pop up different booksellers. So you, know, you can do it that way too. And another good um, resource, you can go to put it in your search engine of Google or whatever you're looking at. And put in uh, TCT Network. And when it comes up, just go to on-demand programs. There's a really good one there called Faith in History with William Fedor. And he does, um, he gives you all the Christian history, very good, of, uh, of America and around the world. It's fantastic. There used to be an Old Testament teacher, uh, ancient Jewish wisdom with Rabbi Daniel Lappin there, but he's no, they're no longer listed there. But you can find him at RabbiDanielLappin.com and also the Rabbi, Rabbi Daniel Lappin podcast, and you, uh, which is on, also found on YouTube. 
And if you go to his website there, you'll find, and his wife also helps him sometimes with the videos or, and, and she has a, a website blog that you can read. It's very interesting. It's, it's called Susan's Musings. It's really good. It's Susan Lampin. So remember, till next time, read your Bible day without fail and do what it says.